Welcome to His and Hers Podcast. I'm Zach Bennett alongside my sister Paige. And today we have a wonderful episode discussing a great game on the Amazon Prime debut between the Chargers and the Chiefs. We discussed Justin Herbert's grit, Patrick Mahomes' ability to continue to find ways to win football games. And we look ahead to a great week two that we have in store, including the Saints and Buccaneers uh, matchup divisionally and quite possibly the biggest week for a lot of teams that found themselves starting 0-1, looking to avoid the 0-2 hole, including the San Francisco 49ers playing the Seahawks, the defending Super Bowl champions facing off against the Falcons, the Packers at home against the Bears, and the Titans on, on the road against the Bills, concluding with the wonderful Vikings and Eagles game uh, with that doubleheader on Monday Night Football. We discuss all these games and more here on this episode of the His and Hers podcast. All right, Paige, uh, what a game uh, the debut of Amazon Prime Football brought us. A great game between two of the quarterbacks that in the same division, we are going to have the pleasure of probably seeing seeing them play 20 or so times over the next 10 years, give or take a few. We're lucky. Uh, I think a lot of games will live up to that kind of buildup. What were your takeaways from a game that, very you know has come very on brand with the chargers over the last 10 to 15 years of dominating the game almost the entirety of the game and off one play pick six losing it and uh and 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 giving it up against kansas city chiefs yeah i mean tough day for chargers fans but i also i don't know it's like um justin herbert's really fun to watch but it's just funny we kind of mentioned this last uh podcast but it's just this funny thing to watch of like how people always like get to get bored with good players and they want the newer like good player to like be the one that's champion and so i love justin herbert but it's just funny to like listen to everyone's reactions about justin herbert compared to patrick mahomes in that game of like Oh, you know, like Chargers dominating the whole time, like Chiefs did nothing. And I'm like, the Chiefs were in the entire game. There wasn't a point where it was like, oh, this is a blowout. Um, it was a fun game to watch from beginning to end. Obviously, maybe Patrick Mahomes wasn't at his level that he might have been looking at how he looked against the Cardinals, but the Chargers are a lot better team than the Cardinals. So um, obviously exciting game back and forth, but Justin Herbert is just so fun to watch, especially with seeing somebody who you can tell that he's in a lot of pain, but he's still throwing some incredible passes there at the end of the game. Um, but yeah, just kind of a bummer throwing that interception on the one like half yard line, um, to a rookie being able to run uh, 99 and a half yards for the touchdown. So a pretty crazy play and a big stop by the chiefs defense. Yeah, I think it, it always makes me laugh. You know, we we discussed this a little bit last week when we were recapping the games about getting bored with Mahomes. He finished uh, right right under 70% completion percentage against the Chargers, 235 yards, two touchdowns, 106 rating. And the takeaway was, you know, good to win when the offense was struggling. And, I mean, granted, there were a few three and outs the Chargers were able to force, but you know, for the season, he's sitting at right 73% completion percentage, almost 600 yards, seven touchdowns, zero interceptions, 128 rating. He's gotten off to just a tremendous start. Um, and I think, it, you know, there were a few plays where 
Um, you know, the refs called back a couple picks. Uh, they they said what was in the catch. I think the biggest part of this game there was the back the two drives when the Chiefs ended up kicking a field goal, but on first and goal, uh, Patrick Holmes tried to do a quick fade route to one of their tight ends. And Asante Samuel Jr. Jr. had the ball in his hand. And if he catches it, he's gone 99 yards for a pick six. Like easy. No one's there. It's one of those, one of those plays where he's just gone. Um, they end up kicking a field goal, tying it at 17-17. The Chargers go down and drive the length of the field. And Everett, their one of their tight ends, has this great play to get him inside the five and was trying to tap himself out of the game. And Kirk Herbstreit did a great job pointing this out. He's trying to tap himself out. He's gassed. He needs a sub. But they're trying to go no huddle because they feel they have the right uh, defense in, in Kansas City. They want to take advantage of the matchup they have. But the dude is gassed. And so Justin Herbert tries to throw his way. He fades outside. Everett does. The ball is thrown inside. And that's where you lead up to a pick six. So it was, it was just insane that the the philosophy of the coaches want to go fast, Everett not being in the right shape or just exhausted in the moment caused kind of a mental blunder in his part, potentially. And there you go. I mean, he was so tired that when he saw the ball get intercepted, he was more worried about his mouth guard on the ground. Like the dude is in front of him and he's like trying to pick up his mouth guard. <laughs> it just thinks if you're a Chargers fan. Well, and it's just so cool. There, I read an article in the Los Angeles Times um, on Friday about Jalen Watson and just kind of his cool story. He grew, he was from Augusta, Georgia, um, didn't get any offers, ended up going to California to Ventura, has to leave because he has bad grades, goes back to Augusta, Georgia, working in a Wendy's. Um, and then, and now he's, he was able to make it back to school, get drafted, but it's just so cool to see kind of a story of a guy who was working fast food. Um, and now he's getting picks in this, in, um, a playoff. Oh my goodness. My brain. Um, now he's getting pick sixes in a Thursday night football game. Like it was just so cool. It's kind of a cool story from rags to riches there. Yeah, no. And I mean, it was a big kind of a big time environment football game uh you know thursday night football a big divisional matchup in the division we expect to be a slugfest from from beginning to end um you know when the chiefs take the first notch uh in in securing the division at least early on to get some momentum moving forward and obviously one of the bigger stores pulling from that game was justin herbert and the rib cartilage it's been kind of stated that uh, it, it'll be day to day. Um, obviously, they get three extra days to rest until their week three matchup. Uh, but rib injury for a quarterback, not the most ideal thing. It all just comes down to how can he can manage his pain. But if you're a Charger fan, you just uh, just kind of stinks that promising season. You just hope that this is an injury that'll linger and make him miss for a couple weeks. Because as mentioned, this division isn't a division that you could lose a couple games and stay in pace with. Well, no, and it's just so frustrating. Like they they had an opportunity to win in Arrowhead, which is just insane for them in a divisional matchup. And so, just kind of a bummer for the Chargers that uh, they weren't able to seal that. But um, obviously, just fun to watch. It was just I just love that game. It was so much fun. It was exactly what I wanted that game to be. Yeah, and what what a booth, Al Michaels and Kerr Perch Street. I mean, 
I, this is kind of a side note, but the the broadcast booth that we have in the NFL now are just elite Monday Night Football with Troy Aikman um, and Joe Buck. Even the Fox crew, um, Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson, who did the Vikings game, the the Fox number one group. I th- I think they're fantastic. It's all across the board. Just got good color and play by play. So always a joy to watch it. But you know they make the game feel big. The broadcast was beautiful. Went really smooth. So. Hopefully, there's big talks about them getting the the entire rights to NFL Sunday Ticket going into next year. With that kind of broadcast, I wouldn't be too mad. I'll be honest with you. So yeah, cross your fingers. <laughs> um, obviously, just early week two game. We got tons of games this weekend. Obviously, week two, no one has buys quite yet. What are you know? What's the game out of week two um, that you're kind of looking forward to the most? Uh, I just, I'm game. I'm looking forward to the most. I think that is, I think it's going to be fun to watch the bears Packers game um, on Sunday night football, just cause I don't know. I think ever since Aaron Rodgers shouted at the, at Sojo feared that he owned the team. It's just like, they're always, there's a, those are always fun games. So just kind of interested to see uh, the bears coming off a win week one Packers, obviously coming off a loss. I think that that could potentially be a fun divisional game. Um, the other game that I'm just really looking forward to is the Rams Falcons and not because I think it's necessarily going to be like an insanely good game, but just really interested to see how the Rams play. Obviously, they were in the NFL debut on Thursday night football and we didn't see the best Rams football. And so just kind of interested to see them play a team that they should beat pretty easily and just kind of see what kind of pace and momentum that the Rams can build in that game, what they're looking like from an offensive and defensive perspective. Yeah. uh, I think both of those games present pretty interesting. Um, Obviously for the Packers, you know, we we talked about this stat in the recap um, earlier this week, but teams that start 0-2, and now, granted, this is when there were six playoff teams, but there, if you went 0-2, you had a 14% chance to make the playoffs. So very difficult. To, you know, it seems kind of like a small blip in the season when you are playing 16, 17 games, but it's still going to be um, a little difficult to crawl yourself out of the hole. The Packers open up as 10-point favorites against the Bears at home, which is pretty interesting considering how bad I thought the Packers looked. But there's, I think they are referencing <laughs> off how they looked last year, week one. And nobody believes in the Bears. <laughs> yeah, no one really believes in the Bears. So Monsoon is the way <clears throat> that people believe that they have a chance. I'll tell you the one game I did. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say the other game that I failed to mention was the Dolphins Ravens right uh, in the morning slot. I'm really excited about that game. I just think it's going to be a really good game between seeing Lamar Jackson and uh, Tua play against each other. Yeah, no, I agree 100 percent. I was going to say the team that faced the Dolphins in week one, the Patriots at Pittsburgh will be a pretty interesting one. Obviously, the Pittsburgh Steelers were able to get that overtime win um, on the last second field goal, but a lot of people viewed it as they should feel pretty crappy about that win because they got five turnovers and only scored uh, 16 offensive points. Not to mention so, they lost TJ Watt. So yeah, Steelers. Thankfully not for the entire season, but uh, over the next six weeks probably will be surely be out. And unless they stack some wins, he might come back when it's already a little late for him. The Patriots open in Pittsburgh as minus one favorites. The over under set at 43 and a half. 
So Pittsburgh is plus 115 uh, underdog at home. You don't see that a ton. I don't think the Patriots look very good, so it's very interesting to me that they're viewed as the favorite in this game. I think, honestly, uh, if the Jets weren't in the division, they'd be in strong contention if it's last in their division. So to kind of pair that with the game that you mentioned between the Ravens and the Dolphins, it'll be very interesting to see um, if the Dolphins are were playing a, a very bad Patriot team or if McDaniels has his team trending in the right direction. It'll all come down to the strength of Tua's arm and if he's able to make the throws late in game that you need to make. Because last week, they were head the, from beginning to end, there wasn't ever a stressful time in that whole 40 or 60 minutes that he had to take. I mean, that fourth down throw was really nice to Jalen Waddle, but there was never really tight window throws that he had to continue to make to win a football game. I think that's where it really, when it comes down to it, the separation in the elite quarterbacks happens. I think quarterbacks in the NFL, obviously amazingly talented and can make throws when it's comfortable for them and it can win you games. If the defense plays well enough, the elite quarterbacks take a next step when it's late in the game, tight moments, you know, in the third, fourth quarter, and they got to lead very contested drives down the field. And I just don't know if Tua has that in him. I just don't see really any sign that he can do that. Yeah, I think that's why I'm excited for that game is I think that Lamar Jackson, obviously such an incredible presence and a great quarterback, and we know that he's probably going to put up some big points. And so just curious to see if Tua is able to answer those and how he looks going head-to-head against um, that type of offense. Yep, and it's in Baltimore. The Dolphins or the Ravens are minus three-and-a-half point favorites at home over under a set at 46. Any other games that you're really looking forward to? Obviously, I think anytime you get Tom Brady playing uh, at this point in his career, you got to watch. I think it's a pretty interesting game where Dennis Allen has owned uh, Tom Brady since he signed with the Buccaneers. Um, so I, I like the Saints and Buccaneers matchup. It's in New Orleans, and the Buccaneers opened as four-point favorites. Pretty interesting considering that the last time they played Dennis Allen was actually the acting head coach because Sean Payton had COVID and he shut Tom Brady out completely. So I, I don't know. I, I kind of like the saints in that game personally. Oh, I, I think I'm think I'm going that direction because it's going to be the home opener for him. So it's going to be plenty rowdy. Um, and I think Jameis Winston kind of knocked the rust off a little bit. Michael Thomas got woke up at the end of the game with two touchdowns uh, against the Falcons. So I don't know. I, I, I'm pretty interested to see that one early window game might, might be some fireworks early. Well, yeah. And it's like, I, I think also just comparing the two teams, how they looked last week, like the bucks did not look good last week. And like, luckily to their credit, like the, the Cowboys were just so bad that I think a lot of people didn't really point out the fact that the Buccaneers just didn't look that great. They played a horrible Cowboys team that looked like they didn't even know how to play football. And so, um, and with Godwin still out and different um, injuries still happening on the Bucks, I could totally see the Saints pulling out a win over them and keeping that streak alive. Did you know that every wide receiver was listed on the injury report for the Buccaneers this week? <laughs> all six of them. All were on the injury report. <laughs> Got issues over there. That is. <laughs> and Tom Brady looks like he's lost 80 pounds since beginning of training camp. His face is looking very slim. Kind of yeah. get worried for the guy. Ain't going to lie. No, I don't think it's a worry. I think that that 11-day break, I think he was just like under the knife at some plastic surgery cl clinic in Tampa Bay. 
I don't know. I don't know. I think also maybe the divorce stress, you know, like just the stress of divorce. Um, how about how about Baker Mayfield? Giselle, Giselle tweeted, "Go at Tom Brady." Yeah, why would you add him? Yeah, why are you at your own? I never see you don't see people at their husbands very often, but it's, it's you see him at, at their co-parent. <laughs> uh, Baker Mayfield going to New York should be an interesting one. Um, obviously, the Carolina got off to a really slow start. The Browns' defense is pretty good. Um, I'd be very interested to see. Obviously, Brian Dayball has been. Uh, the talk of town in New York going for two points at the end of the game against Tennessee and trusting uh, Saquon Barkley. It, you know, I didn't get a, I didn't catch a lot of that game. Uh, I watched a little bit of the end just to see how they made their comeback. And essentially it was, let's take the ball out of Daniel Jones's hand and give it to Saquon as he was eating. Uh, and he was able to get him to the win. So it'd be interesting to see Carolina coming into town. Uh, obviously if New York starts off two and Oh, that place might explode. They have. It was interesting over the last five years. No one had lost more football games than the Giants. I thought that was crazy, considering the Lions and Browns exist. Like those will always be my default. Obviously, the Browns haven't been as bad uh, the last several years, but um, so it's been crazy for such a proud franchise to be so terrible. Um, so if they start out two and zero, I mean they might put him in the Hall of Fame already. Like they're ready to anoint Brian Dayball into the into the crowd. Just bringing some shred of hope and light that they haven't had for a hot minute over there. A, a very very long time. New York is New York football has been broken. <laughs> so I don't know who you have in that one, but then the Jets are in Cleveland. So how do you feel about both New York teams? Yeah, I mean, I think that the Giants have a chance. I think the Jets are going to be 0-2. Probably pretty safe. Joe Flacco looks like a statue. I don't – do you know he threw almost 60 times in the game against the Ravens? No, he's got – that dude's probably been so sore all week long. Oh. Practice. Man, his his shoulder probably – icy hot bandages all the way on the plane <laughs> ride over to Cleveland. Crazy as as you know, they're looking at uh Deshaun Watson suspension starting out two and oh. Uh we're getting that gutsy week one win. Browns are looking at themselves like, hey, we could put ourselves in position to be just in that playoff hunt, get an elite quarterback back and kind of set themselves up. Yeah, maybe we do the ethical thing and we just uh, have Jacoby Percet finish out the year and we don't talk about Deshaun Watson anymore. I kind of want that eleven and oh. What if he what I mean, obviously Brissett's eleven and oh going into week twelve, they wouldn't bench him. So, yeah, what, why would you do that? Let's maybe go to, to the disgusting guy. <laughs> <laughs> Enough of that. Uh, other game I'm interested in, uh, Geno Smith against Trey Lance. Yeah, this will be an interesting one. Obviously, panic meter's not really hit for the Niners yet because everyone's just like, ah, it's just it was the monsoon, it was the monsoon, it was the monsoon. The weather. Uh, the weather, weather, weather. So, yes. But, I mean, if they lose at home, they are seven-and-a-half-point favorites against the Seattle Seahawks. If they lose at home against the Seahawks, I think I think you'd see Jimmy Garoppolo trotting out there week three. I mean, I don't think Kyle Shanahan really has the patience right now with the type of roster he has there. I don't – you think so? You think he'd pull the trigger that fast? It just depends on why – I think they're going to win, and I think they're going to win real easily because I think the combination of 
the Broncos newness. I mean, the Broncos really dominated that game against the Seahawks. They had two fumbles inside the five-yard line and another trip inside the red zone that they didn't convert on early in the game. So you're talking of potential of 21 points that they lost um, inside, and they had four red zone trips, only scored three points. So really, you're talking 25 points that were just vanished, right? And then a dumb decision to kick a 64. So really, really the Broncos dominate that game. So if the San Francisco 49ers struggle and Dre Lance is looking like he's overwhelmed and ghosted and they potentially lose, I think so. Obviously, he goes out and scored 35 points, but Geno Smith scores 40. You're just like, okay. <laughs> so it is always it depends how they lose. <laughs> but I don't think that's likely. I think if you tell me that the San Francisco 49ers lose, I guarantee you it would be a Trey Lance uh, struggle and the Seahawks kind of get by, squeak by in a gritty win type of situation. Yeah, I'm also excited to see a uh, good old Joe Burr go against the Cowboys. I think that I just want to see Joe Burrow have a good game, not give up five interceptions would be good. Yeah, it's pretty, I mean, sad that uh, Dak Prescott's already hurt. Because that would be kind of a fun game, but I think that the Bengals will go in and probably beat them down personally. Although the Cowboys defense obviously played pretty well against the Buccaneers, so there is hope that they did. Can they play well, or did the Bucks' offense just suck? I don't, I don't know because they didn't move the ball a lot, but they just kept forcing them into field goals. I mean, 19 is yeah. a weird score. They were four for five for field goals, so I think you got to get a little credit. Micah Parsons a beast, so. There's that. You don't want to see this line. You, you talked about the Rams. Um, the Rams are 13 and a half point favorites against the Falcons. That was kind of interesting. Um, what do you think about your uh, Kyler Murray, your boy, the Cardinals in Las Vegas playing the Raiders? Uh, Raiders are minus two and a half. Obviously, two teams that started 0-1. So this is a big game. We talked a lot about not starting 0-2. So you were pretty high on the Cardinals. You thought that they would finish second in the division uh, in the NFC, a, NFC West. Where would you put your panic level if the Cardinals lose this game? I I think I think the Cardinals are going to lose this game. I just oh you I do have more faith in the Raiders than I do the Cardinals, and I have the Raiders going farther than the Cardinals. So kind of need the Raiders to pull me out for my predictions to really look good. Um, so yeah, I just That's think true. like. You have the Chiefs third. I'll never let you forget that. <laughs> I'm like, I think at home, uh, the Raider. I think the Raiders would pull this out. I think we're going to see. Obviously, I don't know. I just think that the Raiders are a good team, and I think that I trust the Raiders team more. I like Kyler Murray, and that's pretty much all I like about the Cardinals. What about that quote by Cliff Kingsbury that said that we just need to practice with more effort and detail? You're a coach of the team. How do you let that not be the case going into week one? <laughs> uh, again, not a fan. Not you know, a fan the old Clifford. No, or Clifford. The Raiders minus two and a half point favorites. I think the connection, I think with Devontae Adams, he's just going to continue to feed him the ball and it'll continue to pay off for him. Um, obviously, Chandler Jones makes his return against the uh, – against the Arizona Cardinals playing for the Raiders. I, I agree with you. I do think the Raiders will probably get this win um, as well. Looking at kind of the – let's look forward to the Monday night football games. Um, 
the Tennessee Titans. We have a doubleheader on Monday Night Football. Tennessee Titans at Buffalo Bills. Minnesota Vikings at the Philadelphia Eagles. What are your initial thoughts on those two games? Um, I think this is going to be one of those. I think that the Bills came out so hot that I feel like I could see this game being one of those like closer ones where you're expecting them to just blow out the other team, but it ends up being close. And I think the Bills will win. But I think that this will be one of those games where uh, it's a little bit closer than anybody expects. Um, so that's my take on the Bills. What is the bill? What are the what are the betting odds right now for the, that game? Uh, the Bills uh, are seven and a half point favorites at home. Over unders fifty two. Oh boy, that is crazy. Seven and a half for a uh, Vrabel led like, and I think that's kind of the thing is Vrabel's a great coach. Yeah. So it's hard for me to imagine. I like you said. I think, I think to me this is a real test on how where I'm going to put the Bills in terms of the kind of run they're about to put together. Uh, if Josh Allen goes out here on Monday Night Football and throttles the Titans, like a, a good, well-coached team, but throttles them and they have nothing they can do, I'm a, I'm really going to start to think they're about to put together like a Carolina Panther 15-1 and one season. You know, one of those special seasons that you, th- you think about for a long time and that are memorable. Um, but I think it's going to fall more in line with uh, a very hard-fought like game. I still, I would, you know, believe that in a home opener, the Bills would take it. Uh, so seven and a half points is a lot to me for a team like the Titans that you can think that they're not Super Bowl contenders, but they were the number one seed last year. They have the same coach and basically the same team. Why would they fall off and be a seven and a half point favorite or underdog? That's crazy to me. Just because people love the Bills so much. Aaron they love the Bills. People love the Bills, which I get. How can you not? I get, I get. Uh, the Vikings in Philadelphia, minus two and a half point favorites, are the Eagles over under uh, 48. Obviously, both teams had an impressive week one win. Um, well, I say impressive for the Eagles, but it is just the Lions. Um, and they only won by three. So how Yeah, but everyone keeps saying impressive, and I think it's because of how well Jalen Hurts played made some really good decisions, ran the ball. A.J. Brown had a very strong de- debut, the most receiving yards in the debut uh, as a Philadelphia Eagle. So I've set a franchise record already. What do you make of this game, and how do you think it's going to shake out? Yeah, well, I mean, I mentioned this on the Vikings preview pod, but uh, the Eagles are 3-for-13 in their last 16 week two performances. So I'm going. I'm taking that stat, and I'm riding with it, and the Vikings are winning. That is a crazy stat. There's trends that just like make no sense. And that's got to be one of them. That is one of the wildest things I've ever heard. Because I mean, 16 years of it is a pretty consistent thing. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's not, it's not Eagles don't fly week two. Nope. They're nesting. <laughs> it'll be, it'll be a good environment. I think there's a lot of week two kind of tests for teams to kind of judge how that week one performance stand up, whether good or bad, like, you know, an embarrassing performance like the Broncos, they play at home against the Texans this week. You know, if they don't throttle the Texans, it tells you maybe this team really isn't that good. Um, and, and this is how I feel about the Vikings. Obviously a lot can be said about where the Packers were week one mentality wise, how new everything was. 
if they go into Philadelphia and beat a team that many think are going to win the NFC East, I think then you'll start to see some traction to how people view the Vikings. And I think it's a good uh, opportunity for Kevin O'Connell to prove his coaching chops, being in a hostile environment. And if he's as crisp as he was in play calling, like he was at home against the Packers, uh, then I think you'll see, okay, this guy, he's kind of got things under control and he was meant for this type of moment in this position. So it'll be very interesting to see how that one plays out. Um, any last closing thoughts before we give our full slate of predictions in 60 seconds? No, let's do our 60 second slots. All right. Give me on a time. Are you ready to rock? Yeah, you went first last time. So I'm going first this week. All righty. And we'll mark which ones are different. Okay. On the market set, go. Wait one sec. Oh, boy. <laughs> Started strong. Okay. Uh, hot take. I am taking the Chiefs in the Chiefs-Chargers matchup. Nice. Um, Dolphins-Ravens. I'm going with the Dolphins. Jets-Browns. I'm taking the Browns. I'm going to take the Commanders over the Lions. The Colts over the Jags. The Saints over the Buccaneers. Taking the Panthers over the Giants. Um, the Patriots over the Steelers, the Rams over the Falcons. We've got 49ers beating the Seahawks, Bengals beating the Cowboys, Broncos beating the Texans, Raiders beating the Cardinals, Packers beating the Bears, Bills beating the Titans, and Vikings beating the Eagles. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, the only game we didn't talk about in that slate, I think, were the Colts-Jaguars and the Commanders-Lions. I wonder why. Um, I hope, you know, the lines that started with two home games in a row, really hope they can at least win one of them or else again, their season's kind of treading in the wrong direction. Um, and then the Colts, they play terribly in Jacksonville. So kind of a random, random thought. All right. Is there, you ready? Yeah. Ready, said go. All right. Patriots are going to beat the Steelers. No. I'm going to take that back. I think the Steelers start 2-0. They're going to beat the Patriots. I don't think the Patriots are any good. Um, I think the Panthers are going to beat the Giants. The Browns are going to beat the Jets. The Jaguars are going to beat the Colts. The Ravens are going to beat the Dolphins. The Saints are going to beat the Bucks. The Lions are going to beat the Commanders. 49ers are going to beat the Seahawks. Rams will beat the Falcons. Uh, Raiders will beat the Cardinals. The Broncos will beat the Texans. And the Bengals will beat the Cowboys. Packers will beat the Bears. Bills will beat the Titans and Vikings will be the Eagles. Those will be my picks. Not too disagreed this week. No, kind of in line. Which one did, did we disagree on one? Lions and Commanders. I just, it's, I guess that's more of hope just because I fell in love with Man Campbell <laughs> in Hard Knocks. So. I, I felt I, I gave them hope last week and they dashed my dreams. So this is probably the week that they'll win. <laughs> but they're playing Carson Wentz this week. So. Yeah, you never know. Carson Wentz might go off. And then go down. And then go off. <laughs> back off again. You just hope that the go so like you just he, goes off, he goes off and goes on, off and on. You just hope that he ends on an off. No, exactly. on an on. It's hard, like, because, like, if you tell me, because, like, going off is obviously, like, great. What does going on mean? Or is that, like, like what's going on? Like, he needs two interceptions. <laughs> So going off is good. What's That's going on? It's like, three minutes. Yeah, back to back. One to a rookie. Bless yeah, him. He's he's an interesting guy. Um, all right. Well, that does it. Um, I guess let's start a new tradition. We could start in week two. 
what is your bold take from one of these games? It doesn't mean it have to be what your certified pick, but what would be the most shocking revelation out of the games? Um, if you have one, let me know. Mine is because I picked the Saints to beat the Buccaneers. I think they hold the Buccaneers. My my um, hot take is kind of based off what they did last year, but they hold the Buccaneers to 10 points or less this week in New Orleans. And James Winston throws for four touchdowns. Oh, that is a yeah. Yeah, so, See, I, I, it was kind of a warm, like not like, but they already did it, so it's not that great. So I had to add a little hot spiciness to it. Okay, uh, my hot take: Christian McCaffrey is going to run for 150 yards. Oh, okay, I like that. We're gonna see the return of old, old CM. CMC run CMC. All righty. Well, week two is almost upon us. I'm excited for this week of football, excited for any week of football, but the season's going to start. It's always weird. They start stacking up really fast, like one and two take forever to get here. And all of a sudden it's week 10. And I'm like, wow. Where did the time go? Where did the time go? I'm almost wearing a Santa hat. So it happens fast. Any closing thoughts before we wrap this one up, Paige? No, we just need to talk about um, what our whoever loses picks overall at the end of the season, what the punishment will be. All right, let's let's bring. I haven't brainstormed about that. I'll be honest. I will do so in our in our recap episode. Let's give out a punishment. I'll text you a few ideas. There we go. Okay. All righty. Thanks for everyone tuning in. Everyone enjoy the week two slate we'll be back uh monday to discuss what we thought 